There's only one way to start this episode. We're, we'll still, you know what? Hold on. Well, for okay, so that's one way. I don't have any can to open, but that's please okay. know I I'm with it. you in solidarity. Um, Janine. Hey. So what's up? I sat down to watch this episode. Yeah. And I just sat. I was sitting. I was like thirty seconds in. It's like, oh, flashback. Hmm, okay. Wonder what this is going to be. We see like a rocky outcropping of Scottish beach something, and we we're just we're sitting there enjoying the vibes, yeah, like, like you, you do, did. yeah, right. Uh, and then I see someone who has perfect maid face. I'm like, look at that maid face. That's great maid <laughs> face. Who is that? Who is that with that pristine maid face? Who is it serving like full maid face? Who's giving me those vibes? And then the maid face lifts its maid face chin and says the words, mock me. <laughs> and that is how this episode of Outlander begins, which means it's also how this episode of Podlander Drunkcast and Outlander Podcast begins. Uh, the return of Bonnie Prince Anushman. Oh my God. I wrote down, I couldn't stop myself, and I wrote down Bonnet Prince Douche. Ah! Oh my gosh. You know, it's funny because there's also, there's another Bonnet cameo in this. Uh, yes, too. there is. Yes, God, I wish we were both wearing Bonnet. Oh my God, I can't wait to get to that one. Uh, so he looks up, it's Bonnie Prince douchebag. I write down Bonnet Prince douche. And then he's all like, you know what? Bonnet suck. He actually says that. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> and then the lady he's with, who you'll hear more about in a minute. Yeah. Like, um, do you think, sire, that perhaps wearing women's garb is a reasonable price to pay for your freedom? And he's uh, like, she's right. She, she's, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. And then, and then, um, Mistress Flora McDonald goes thwarp and opens her fan. <laughs> Category is running away from Scotland. Wow, yes. she um, so, saves his ass. So I'm Allison. I'm Julie. That's Janine. Wow. Uh, normally we don't jump in right with the Outlander shit, but y'all, and you know what? You want to know how much Bonnie Prince douchebag is the right amount of Bonnie Prince douchebag? Prince douchebag. That, douche much. Bag? that, that much. much. One scene, and that's it. And that is what Perfect. we got. That is Mark it? me. One that's scene it. One is scene? enough. How? Wow. Is this gonna? Is he coming back? Comes is back. No. Well, the the plot In, comes back. The plot comes back. Okay, but, but like no. that's that's how they opened up this episode was just to say, don't forget BPD. Yes. <laughs> I think it was. We'll get there, but I think it was useful as a visceral reminder of exactly. Um, <laughs> how little he is as as Flora McDonald puts it in the later in the episode he was not a leader of men mm. <laughs> which is a polite way of saying he sucked he sucked yeah. at his job he sucked at human interaction my he, note about her is in all caps and it says who is this smooth talking queen yeah. <laughs> she yeah, is icon. smart she is smart she is on it she gets his ass out of the country by faking the fact that her godmother died or something and that we've got to we've got to get on this boat and then here's bonnie prince douchebag behind her kind of hiding in his bonnet like don't look too closely at my face and then they escape she gets him out of it she can talk uh so he's you might say that he is given liberty 
this episode is the what fifth five five yes yes fifth episode of the sixth season of Outlander. Uh, give me liberty. Um, a little phrase that may be familiar to some of you. Uh, usually is followed by "give me death." Not at all ominous for this episode. <laughs> not at all ominous. Not even a little bit. Oh. Um, However, it's not the only return in this episode. So Janine, I well, first, Julie, let me ask you this. I think yeah. that the I I think this is the best episode of the season so far. I'm curious what you think. It was um I enjoyed watching it. I, I liked it better than last episodes. Uh, the way that the plots came together was more cohesive to me. Yeah. So it was the narrative structure was more fun to follow, mm-hmm. I guess. Um and we got to see Janine, a little sneak a peekaloo into what the fuck is up with Malva Christie. And spoiler, Jesus. it's not good. Good okay. God. Julie, I'm going, I th- I've just come up with a challenge for us with this episode. Let me know if you accept this challenge. I might be overthinking it. Okay. okay. I'm ready. I think the number of things, we've already given away one of them, but the number of things that happen in this episode that if you just describe them to someone, they would go, What? what? <laughs> Um, in the same episode yes yes and it totally works it works like it works um but i think maybe we should each make one thing up that we're gonna say happens in this episode and then janine you have to guess when we're making shit up okay man all right i am i'm real glad that i just woke up from a nap and did not mentally prepare for this experience you are in the right mental state (laughs) i am so into that because uh, if I just sat down oh, and fuck. listed the actual scenes, like what happens in each scene, just dry, true, factual words, you, Janine, would be like, no. <laughs> you made it all up. That's the one you faked every time. Okay. So be prepared. Okay. Well, this is this is gonna be this is gonna be a ride. It is a ride. It is quite a ride. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Julie. Mm-hmm. What you want to take us away? Should we? Are there any details that we missed? I, I mean, again, I cannot. So we're starting at the beginning, and I cannot say Andrew Gower primo made face. Yes, just like like made face, born to bonnet, born to bonnet, born B- to bonnet. BPD, BTB. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> uh, we flash back, and, and and the BPD is fleeing to the what's he in the Italy to the A- ITL because mm-hmm. um, he's going to Italy. <laughs> ITA mm-hmm. depends. De- to I the mean, R-O-N-E. are we European? Yeah. <laughs> and then we get the theme song, which is sung in Gaelic, and the film is not the typical uh, opening credits. Yeah, I was a little bewildered by this because as Me I was too. watching it, it's the it's beautiful. It sounds beautiful. Sung in Gaelic, the melody is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, oh, also, I should mention, uh, when Flora McDonald is bluffing... Ah, sorry, Janine. They, they're walking on the beach. They see um, boats and there are redcoats at the boats. And he's like, oh, no, I'm not gonna, we're not going to be able to get out. And she's like, no, 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 I got you. It's fine. Just don't talk very much, okay, your highness. And then she's like, my... My dad is dying, and this is my Irish maid who knits things, and she's making a shroud for me. We gotta go. And they're like, yeah, okay, see ya. Um, and then off he goes. Uh, brief. And, the, and again, that's it. That's a wrap. 
That's a wrap on Bonnet to Prince of Douche. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> except for the credits are it's this beautiful Gaelic version of the theme song, and then it's all boat stuff. As I was watching, I kept going, Julie's going to be so mad. This is all <laughs> boat <laughs> You know what? I didn't even really put the boat thing together in my mind because it's such short snippets. I was just, I was too busy thinking about it being different. But then that's it. No more boat. You know what? You're fucking right. So maybe it was just like. Is this, is this this an episode where you're just reminded of how far we've come? Mm. Like BPD and a BDB. There is a definite scene that could be titled we've come a long way baby based on the virginia slims marketing campaign of the late 70s and early 80s invented by peggy olsen canonical that's canon madman baby <laughs> elizabeth moss it's true it's fucking true anyway. so the new the it feels like they're only going to use that for this one episode here's a question that flashed into my mind and i wasn't sure whether i had made this up so aaron no this isn't part of the game today Okay. Or whether or not this really happened. Julie, is, this isn't what? Is that this is not made up. No. Is this isn't part of it. Oh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was too busy thinking of the made Julie. up part. Julie. So uh is this the song that the theme song is based on? Are they singing about Bonnie Prince Charlie in that song? I think maybe that's right. So is this the Over reason the why the new sky. thing the new thing is him? That's why it's the theme this time is because it's actually what the song is about. May, I'm looking it up right now. Talk amongst yourselves. Skyboat song. We're Googling the Skyboat song because I know this and I now I feel like I'm going crazy. Skyboat song. Please let, talk about sports or something. What? I really do think that. Well, no. <laughs> So, Janine, what we're saying is the Outlander theme song that you are intimately aware of. Yeah. And you have heard. Yes, Julie, you are correct. The Skyboat song is a 19th century Scottish song recalling the journey of Prince Charles Edward Stewart. Parentheses, Bonnie Prince Charlie. No, no, no. Correction, Wikipedia. Hold on. Click button. Go in. Edit. Bonnie Prince Bonnet. (laughs) From Benabakula. Benabakula to the Isle of Skye as he evaded capture, which that's what I was going to say. At one point she says, I'm going over the sea to Skye. Quoted in the scene. Yeah, very cute. As he evaded capture by government troops after his defeat at the Battle of Culloden. Um, Sir Herod Bolton, second baronet, composed the lyrics to an air collected by Anne Campbell MacLeod MacLeod, in the 1870s. Scottish as fuck. And the line over the sea to sky is now a cornerstone of the tourism industry on the Isle of Skye. Um, alternative lyrics to the tune were written by Robert Louis Stevenson, probably in 1885. After hearing the Jacobite airs sung by a visitor, he judged the words of the song to be unworthy. So he made Fuck a new set that. of verses more in harmony with the plaintive tune. It is often played as a slow lullaby or waltz and entered into the modern folk canon in the 20th century with versions by Paul Robeson, Tom Jones, Rod Stewart, Roger Whittaker, Tori Amos, and many others. Tori Amos. I bet that's good. Yes, I agree. But so we're actually seeing the theme yes. song in real time. That explains it. It's because it's it's because the, it, it applies the here. Mm-hmm. Inter- that's cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's great. Nice, Mystery solved. Nice, nice little Easter egg. I like that. Uh, and also, he, like, like I said, he's been given liberty, which uh, you may sense. It's a bit of a theme. Yeah. Uh, what was the title card? 
Uh, it was a join or die flag. Oh, that's right. It was a pre-American flag with the bisected, I mean, the snake that's cut into pieces, right? Give me yeah, liberty yeah. or join yeah. or die, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. We're, getting, we're getting real close. And then guess who we see, Janine? Man in a bear suit. Jimi Hendrix. What? <laughs> Julie! <laughs> the fuck? Do you know my grandpa- My grandparents are buried at the same cemetery as Jimi Hendrix? What? Small little Pagel family history as a, as a thing. Uh, that's not real. No, of course not. <laughs> but we, I just wanted to surprise you really, really hard so that then you could fall down into the luxurious down blanket that is coin face. Oh, hey, buddy. Mm. It is so good to see him. Mm. He's back and he's having a meeting with mm-hmm. the governor. And the governor is pissed because Jamie's all like, I respectfully retire from being an Indian agent, so deuces. And the governor is like, uh, Lord John, you're going to need to go check this out. Isn't, and Lord John's like, no problem. Get your friend in the pocket. And then uh, Lord John is like, listen, I assure you, this isn't going to be an issue. But you can see in his eyes that he knows differently. <laughs> like, you're like, you can just see him go, Jamie, why can't you just be normal? There's so much drama. I just Someday I want to hear about you, and it's like, hey, do you know that guy, James Fraser? Man, nothing is going on with him. <laughs> wow, what an uneventful life he leads. He um, just became a gentleman farmer. You know, no. David Barry, he's very good. Yes. I'm, I was so happy to see him. I was like, oh, yep. coin face, thank God. Oh, and they're not making him do like, uh, oh, your love, blah, 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 none of that shit. It's, there's, the pining energy is strong, but he's got it under control. That's right. good. And so now we know that Lord John's going to be around and going to be trying to talk Jamie into staying as a uh, royalist, or at least still like giving fealty to the crown in some way, right? Yeah. And then we're in Wilmington, North Carolina. So it's a big um, ceremony. There's going to be this big ceremony. Is it at River Run? Where? No. Maybe the governor's mansion, whatever. Where the woman who took him on the boat is coming to speak. Guess what she's going to speak about, Janine? Liberty. No. Um. She is going to speak about being loyal to the crown, which is fucked up. Think about that for just a second. She helped a Jacobite escape the people that revolted against the crown in Scotland, and now she's in America telling people, you should stay British. There's a an interesting line that... God, I can't remember whether it's Jamie or Jocasta. Because also, by the way, Jocasta back in this episode. Yes! Oh, yeah, my God. We're really playing the hits. It's great. Wow. Um, wow. Everyone's yeah. here. So the gang is all here unless they're dead. Is um, there? Yeah, I was just about to ask. Is there like a Murtaugh flashback or something Murtaugh. like that? No, they talk about him. Yeah. They you, do talk about him. Yeah, they do talk about him. It's very nice. Of course, because Jocasta can't. Her mind is always in the fairy hut. You're right. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Fucking right. Yeah. Um, you don't even know how right. Just wait. She 
Oh Jesus my God. Christ. What is this episode? When it happened, I, I'm ready. I predicted it like 10 seconds ahead, and I was like, I know what's about to happen. Oh, and yeah, then it me happened. too. Okay. Yeah. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. But, oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. So, okay. uh, just, uh, so they're having this meeting with Flora McDonald uh, in this lovely mansion. So the who's who of Scottish society in North Carolina are all gathered to see this um, icon, right? Like the, she's Flora a heroic McDonald, figure. Right. Mm-hmm. Flora mm-hmm. McDonald, who got the BPD on the B-O-A-T, and sent him <laughs> over the S-E-A to S-K-Y-E. So mm-hmm. it's a very big deal. Um, and Jamie and Claire are there because they were invited and because they're going to see Jocasta. Presumably mm-hmm. they had to buy some more windows. So they're in Wilmington. Um, but it's complicated because Jamie, as we learned in the last episode, is really feeling the... Um, um, he's feeling how... how tightly his his vest is laced up in the back when it when it comes to uh the position he's in mm-hmm. so he's ready to start stretching his rebel wings and um and that's not a great place for him to be in this case because she's speaking on staying loyal she's a royalist yeah um, however mm-hmm. he also gets a missive from a gentleman who seems to have picked up through the grapevine that old James Fraser might not be so interested in uh, being a loyalist. Uh, And he wants to know if he wants to meet in the very inn they're staying in to toast king and country. And and Claire says, well, then how do you know? How do you know that that he's really a rebel or whatever, a son of loyalty, uh, son of liberty, whatever she says. He says, I, I think he has a, a broad sense of humor. I don't remember what he exactly says, but <laughs> he that's did the gist. Say that. Yeah. He just says he has a good sense of humor. Yeah. And you're like, okay, you got that from a letter suite. I hope you're not walking into a fucking trap. He, he wasn't. He wasn't. He never is. Jamie's too, well, yeah, he except is. For, except, for, except for what he is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bless. So this is the scene where Claire gets to say, if only they knew what's coming. Remember how we made fun of that in the. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was, it still wasn't great. Still is not my favorite line ever written on but it is said in the context of all of the people oh and this is where jamie says the line i was trying to remember i think um that these people a lot of these people have already tried rebellion on for size and it didn't work out so well for them you know it cost them basically everything and now they've moved to this country and made a life for themselves and have started to experience wealth right and we see a lot of that here because all these people are we get to see a lot of pretty gowns and stuff so the costumes are a little bumped up in this episode oh the costumes are are top notch in this episode i mean they've been great all season but woo, they're really very good in this episode. Speaking of accessories, we see a very important one here. When Jamie goes to the tavern in the hotel to meet this guy, he's got a little pinky ring on. It's a Freemason's ring. And then they do this fucking handshake that looks straight out of the honeymooners. I'm not even lying. <laughs> they shake it's hands like and a- they type and then tap, tap, and then boop, boop, boop. It's like boop, when boop. girls were little and they did the Miss Mary Mac shit. Yeah. Know, like, it's totally like that. And I'm like, oh, boys club. And speaking of boys club, Jamie stands up from that table to walk away after talking to this guy and saying, yeah, I'll come to your meeting. The rebels. Yeah. And, and on the mantle over the fireplace, Allison, what is on the mantle of this tavern in this hotel in Wilmington, North Carolina? It is not 
a jar of hot piss, but spiritually that's what it is. It's a jar of hot piss. I want to set this up for you really clearly, Janine. We see Jamie walking out of the frame. Then he backs up back into the frame and looks at these bottles and jars that are on top of the fireplace. And then he sort of peers and he leans in to read one more closely. And it says, these are the bollocks of the notorious pirate Stephen Bonnet. Uh. And they're just testicles floating in formaldehyde above the mantle in the inn they're staying at where people eat and stuff. Is that real? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, that's real. Did you make that shit up? We are barely setting the tone for this episode because that shit happens continually in this episode. That's so funny. I mean, I will say that is a... That that's maybe the single weirdest throwaway thing. It's also a yes. it's also a book thing, but that's yeah. for another time. Um, not in an inn. It's not in an inn. I was actually like, "What? Oh my god!" Okay, oh, wow. I'm in for it. Let's do this. Crack. But knuckles. you know what? Ugh. Sam Huon doesn't necessarily get all that many chances to be funny in the show, uh, and he was he he played that just right. He, you just kind of see his face go, "Huh." And then he just walks away. <laughs> he had a great comedic moment later. Uh, the snooker game. We'll come back to it. But he fucking he nailed it. Okay. So Jamie has agreed to meet with the rebels. Was there anything really specifically plot important other than that he's going to do it in oh, that Well, scene? it's important to know that, because uh, this will, I'm assuming, come up kind of a lot. It certainly comes up throughout this episode. That no one is really prepared to trust him because he's been doing way too good a job at staying on both sides of the line. Yes. So they're like, how are, I mean, we heard that you resigned at Alamance, but also you were an Indian agent and you're, and the governor gave you all this land and you're friendly with the governor. And how are we supposed to trust you? And Jamie being Jamie is very convincing. And he says, I'm, you know, I want to follow my conscience and I want to do what's right for my fellow man. Um, and that's, this so that's what i'm gonna that's what i'm gonna do he's like okay i see you that is interesting mm-hmm. um th- sorry the cat is making some very strange noise <laughs> oh, I, I bet it's the seen... tunnel i bet it's the tunnel i bet she's oh my in the God, tunnel she's, of love she's getting it she is getting the tunnel anyway okay. um so yeah so oh. that is an important thing to know is people are mm-hmm. having a hard time believing that jamie lands anywhere because he's been doing too good a job at being all yeah. things to all they, people. They feel like he's duplicitous in a way, like he's yes. kind of yeah, playing both sides in the middle. He's hard to he's hard it's hard to get a read on where he's actually at. Yeah, there yeah, are all yeah. kinds of signs that he could be full of shit and is actually working for the other people. Mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. he's he's been doing too good a job. Thanks, Claire. God. Uh we go back to the ridge and we see Roger Mack on a ladder in front of a chimney with some smoke coming out the side of it and he's like well i guess we're gonna have to patch this up yoink 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 and then the little boy aiden is down there and he's like do you need the mortar and he brings in the mortar and then we realize fucking roger is weirdly playing house with that widow amy mccallum Just, yeah M- widow mccallum the young widow that he and brie roger and brie were gonna help and build a house for and assist her yeah yeah that's you can tell that something's weird and i don't think that roger really gets it like i think it might be slightly above his head but he just starts singing (laughs) yeah um without any difficulty 
um, which is a change. That's fine, right. though. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Great to hear his voice in such good shape. Um, but he's <laughs> singing a folk song that wasn't written until the 1950s. So my note was, and he's singing. I guess it's time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was thinking about this. This episode has a little bit of everything. I was trying to come up with like a list in my head of shit that I would say to be cutesy about this episode. Instead, I was just like, no, no, no. It's, it's, you don't understand. It's the body prince. <laughs> just came out of my mouth. Um, But one of the things was uh, it has Roger being a jackass and it has Roger being great. And that's, if you're going to have an episode that has everything, it has to have both of those things. And it does sometimes simultaneously Um, because he's doing the right thing here. He's helping this woman who's in need of help. He's hanging out with her kid who clearly also needs some support and a friend. uh, And that's all great. Uh, but, um, as we're about to learn, uh, maybe, maybe tongues are wagging a bit about it, uh, because Mm -hmm. then we see Brie and the rest of the gang, the squad, the squad, the squad, um, walking through the woods, looking for a good spot to build a water wheel because Brie's next bin project is bringing indoor plumbing to the ridge. That's pretty cool. That's great. She's she's realizing she has to up her game because the matches just didn't. It wasn't did, enough. <laughs> it, did, it, it didn't light the spark she accepted, She thought. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So it was Brie. It was Marsley. Yeah. It was Lizzie. Yeah. And it was Malva. They yeah. were all together. The squad is looking around and they stumble upon this burned out fire pit. This is from the. Uh, this is from this is this is from the trailer. Jamie, what? Uh, sorry, I just called you Jamie. It's save it forever, please remember it. Um, Janine, what was in the fire pit? What had been burned in this fire pit? Um, uh, Stephen Bonnet's testicles. You know what? You're closer than you think. <laughs> you are closer than you. No think. shit! What the yes. fuck? Uh, I love that every dart I throw here is like not a bullseye, but it's like on the board at least. Um, Marsley, in her mm-hmm. infinite wisdom, crouches down like the bad bitch she is and just starts <laughs> picking things out of the fire. She goes, oh, it's bones and seaweed and this and that. She's listing all the things that are in the, um, I think it's a charm. It's the one that's called venom of the wind or something like that. Um, a love charm. And it, and then I think Lizzie suggests that maybe it's the Fisher folk doing it. Because um, they're still a superstitious kind of group yes. and maybe they still have these traditions. Right? Although, sure. as Roger later says, I did not think I did not think Presbyterians went in for all that. Um, <laughs> so uh, they're looking at this pile of bones and stuff and uh, Malva suggests that maybe... Um, it's the widow McCallum because she's got those two young babies and she's all alone. And you see Brianna make this face like, bitch, come <laughs> mm-hmm. my husband's not, my husband's not fucking that lady. Have you seen me? I'm good. We're fine. It's fine. But she's annoyed. You mm-hmm. can tell. Um, and then someone says, what are they? Bird bones or something like that. And Marsley just cool as a cucumber just says, Nope. Finger bones. <laughs> yeah. They're finger Human bones. fucking finger Human. bones. Wow. That's what was in that fire pit. Oh. Finger bones, Janine. It's a finger fire, Janine. 
A finger fire. That's a, that's a euphemism for something else, I believe, too. It's one of Jamie's special skills. It yes. is one of his special skills. It made skills. the resume. It yeah. did make the resume. Yeah, right above weak semen. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking to, of yeah. weak semen, Lizzie faints. <laughs> um, all of a sudden, she's got a touch of the disease. Um, and she Remember just... that she has malaria? Do you remember that, Janine? Yeah, vaguely. Yeah. It was... Yeah. It, it was kind of. It feels like it was kind of forgotten a little bit, or not really yeah. addressed for a while. But it anyway, it was Patty. a huge thing early on. Um, yeah. But yes. now she's getting good medical care from Claire, so she has fewer flare-ups. Yeah. Right. However, yeah. she's having one now, and Claire's the next thing we see is Brianna. Because <laughs> remember, Claire's not there. Claire's in Wilmington. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Brianna is telling the Beardsley twinsos that they need to take this bottle of ointment, which I'm going to need you to remember as Chekhov's ointment. They need to take the (laughs) bottle of ointment. Um, They also need to find some, what kind of berries? Some kind of berries. Um, Gallberries? Gallberries? Something, I don't remember. Um, And... And one of, I think it's Kezi, Keziah Beardsley says, those are poisonous. And Bree says, yeah, it's, they're not for eating. They're for the ointment. So keep an eye out for those because she's going to need more. But also take her this. And go go take care of her. And they scamper off to take care of um, their beloved. The way they shoot those twins is so funny. I love Because it's the- like mid-range close-up and then goes back to Lizzie. And then mid-range close-up on the same actor, just in a different costume every yeah. time. Then when they Saving turn around to money. walk away, they have a double as one of them walking away, right? You could you could tell it's a double. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just looked up Paul Gorman, who plays those characters, and I was like, oh, yeah. They just they just really went all in and said, nope, we're just going to double you up. You're fine. It's fine. Well, it's they fair. are supposed to be identical twins. Yes. It's, um, Much it's to a, Lizzie's a major plot point, if you all remember, because of the, the thieves' mark on one of their hands and not being able to tell them apart. And now that Kezi's ears are better, it's... Yeah, anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Patty, it's important that they look alike. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to put a pin in that, because that's a wrap on Lizzie and the Beardsleys for this episode. Other, there's a throwaway remark where Marsley says um, that they're up taking care of her like she's a little lost lamb. Oh, yeah. Um, so they're they're watching over they're watching over poor Lizzie while she's got the shakes and then is this when they go to the event I think and they run into the Lord John first so this is Jamie and Claire and Wilmington all dressed up they're out of the hotel he's had his meeting with the new rebel guy and now they're actually at the event where uh, Miss McDonald is going to speak yeah you can see David Berry does a great job (laughs) You can see flicker across his face when he sees Jamie and then Claire. He goes, oh, Jamie. Oh, right, Claire. Oh, but I love Claire. Oh, yes. <laughs> this is complicated. And then he introduces them. But you can see him, see him go like, oh, my heart. Oh, right. Oh, but she's great, too. Uh, this is complicated. <laughs> it's great. He's really, he just really is selling the hell out of it. You could just see me like, this is my, why is this my life? Okay. And then Hi guys. he tells he tells Jamie a lot about Willie. Like Willie is growing into a very intelligent young man. It seems he's uh, bragging Willie is on growing him hard into a teeny tiny James Fraser. He always beats him at chess. He speaks multiple languages. He talks about politics like a politician and history like a historian. He is really bad at being on a boat and not puking at the same time. How old he is too looks hot whilst covered in blood. I bet. How old is Willie at this point? I don't know, probably like 15 or 16, right? And he's still think, a kid. I think he might be 18, 19, somewhere in there. He's young. So 
closer to young manhood than childhood, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, his voice mm-hmm. is definitely dropped. Mm-hmm. Like it's we're in a. He's 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 pressing up on adulthood. He's knock right. knock knocking on adulthood's door. Mm-hmm. And then. We find out Angie Costa is there. We're happy to see her. With Duncan. She's, she's uh, looking good. Maybe a little bit distressed or like distracted kind of, but there. And we find out, and this is one of those weird little time hops that sometimes this show does to me where I'm like, did I, was this a dream? I didn't know this. Jacosta bought Fergus a print shop. Like he's moving to Wilmington to set up in this print shop. To oh. New Bern. Sorry, New Bern. Yeah. And when we go back to the ridge later, we see Marsley packing up their house because she's going to leave to join him with the kids. So they're about oh. to leave Fraser's Ridge, right? Wow. So it kind of felt like a lot shoved in real quick. Yeah. Like basically, the what? timeline that there, Juliet was jarring, but I think mm-hmm. that it's intentional. There is a time hop, right? Mm-hmm. We um, when Fergus was doing his travels, his Jamie prescribed travels that we saw in the last episode. Um, he mentions that she should stop, that he should stop at River Run. And apparently when he stopped at River Run, Jocasta was like, hmm, I see a way to help you and also myself, which is Jocasta's favorite jam. So she <laughs> says, I'm going to buy you a print. There's a print shop for sale in New Bern. I'm going to buy you a print shop, nephew. Uh, and presumably Fergus goes, Ooh. Thank you, madame. I'm very grateful to... <laughs> yeah, I can't do it. Scotland plus France. I'm trying to do it. I'm not as good at it as, as the damn boy. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a big development. And Jamie is a little bit salty about it. Yeah. Just like a little... He's like, so... Why'd you take my son away? Why'd you take my son away, Jocasta? Uh, to which she responds like, Whoa, chill, dude. <laughs> Uh, don't you want him to be happy? <laughs> Jamie's mm-hmm. like, yeah, fine. I guess I want him to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we meet Mistress Flora McDonald, um, who is still looking beautiful in a beautiful yeah. gown. Um, sort of like, she, there's this embroidery on the front that's vaguely reminiscent of thistles, so like kind of a Scottish mm. connection there, but it's also this very rich brown, like earthy brown. Um, it's very, she's very striking. Um, and she oh. seems a little... This actress, Shauna McDonald? That's, mm-hmm. is that the actress or the, what's she playing? She's well, playing she's Flora playing McDonald. Flora McDonald. Yes. yes. She was in The Descent, and she is good in The Descent. Do you guys know that movie? Oh my God, of course she was. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, she, I'm like, I like of looked her up. Of course she was. She is astounding. And like, that is like, what a, that is a horrifying film, and she did so good yeah. in that fucking oh, film. Gosh. Oh my God. She is great so in this episode. You too. made that connection. Um, oh, she's really wow. great in it, and it's very understated. Mm-hmm. Um, but but while, she's just got such power. Like, she, is a leader of people. Yeah, mm. you can tell. But a woman, right? And there, are, she gets in a couple of good digs about like, oh, well, you yes, know, because women, because women, yep, women. women are judged on their appearance. Men yeah, are women. judged on their deeds. Uh, like, at one point, she's talking about Claire and she's like, a great phys- physician, incidentally, a woman. A woman. It's very, it's very <laughs> nice. But um, uh, she's telling them that the reason she was late, she was late to the party. The reason that she and her husband, who is all, so, mm, briefly, there's a moment when they introduce... <laughs> Flora McDonald and her husband, somebody McDonald, to 
our friend, Major Donald McDonald. So it's McDonald meeting McDonald and McDonald, at which point Fiona McDonald reveals that her maiden name was also McDonald. So it's a McDonald and married a McDonald, and they're meeting a guy named Donald McDonald. Played by a McDonald. Played by yes. a McDonald. Yep. <laughs> really, this choice. This is truly, this is like definitely a supersized episode. Oh, yeah. I well, have stared into the abyss, and it has stared back at me. No. And its name super is Donald. Ma- his name is Donald McDonald. And it was supersized like a McDonald? That yeah. Oh, no. I got it. I didn't. I got it. <laughs> I didn't. And, and now I you can't did get it. And now you stared into the abyss like the descent. You know what? I'm going to take that call back. That's good. That was good. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> so, um, so Flora is explaining that the reason that she and her husband, Donald Donald McDonald, <laughs> uh, were late to the party is because someone broke into her room and stole her necklace and then Scum ran legs. off with it. But the cops caught up with him and when they found him, he had the necklace, but one of the emeralds was missing from the necklace. Uh, and and they then they zoom in to show us. And it's like beautiful emerald, beautiful emerald, missing emerald. Um, and then Jocasta has takes like kind of a turn. Like she's like, oh, oh no. Um, and at first I was like, this is this is shenanigans. I don't know how she is related to this robbery, but I don't think that's the case. I think it was just weird timing, because. We have seen it before that Jocasta's condi- the condition that led to her blindness um, can also be very painful for her. We've seen mm. Claire try to help her with this before in previous seasons, mm. and she says, "Oh, would you like me to? Would you like me to treat it for you? I can help." And um, Jocasta says, "Ah, something very unpleasant, I'm sure, but uh, nope." Um, so then Flora is like, "Oh, I'll c- I'll come with you. Well, let's go. Let's go get some air." Cut and I'm two. Like, I knew it. I knew. A I gazebo just knew what's gonna happen. Or Aunt Jocasta is hitting a pipe, smoking the old devil weed. <laughs> so it's Jocasta, Claire, and Flora McDonald getting high in that gazebo together. Beautiful Jesus. gazebo. Wow. This, yeah. This episode has something for everyone. It has everything. In fact, if I have one note on this episode it's that there was not nearly enough of those three women getting high i yeah. needed like a lot more of those three women getting high and J- maria doyle kennedy does a nice job um sort of giggling a little bit but i really just wanted claire to be like i'm from the future <laughs> Isn't <that> crazy? <laughs> like just accidentally say it <laughs> it'd be funny weird? It seems like that'd be a nice like end credits like hold scene where they're just all smoking and like every now and then they giggle in the distance and you just names roll and they're just getting fucking toasted. That is yeah. not the credit scene that we get. No. But Claire Jocasta, Laura McDonald, getting stoned, talking about how uh, how maybe things that seem like honors aren't really. Uh, so. So Flora McDonald says that she she never quite aligned with uh, Bonnet Prince Douchebag all that well, <laughs> which is when she says he was not a leader of Maine. Sick <laughs> burn, Flora. Real. And Ooh. you can tell that it's real because she is. A li- you, can, yeah. you can feel her energy and it's just like, oh, she mm. disdains him. She has nothing but disdain for this person. She mm. got him out. 
but yikes. Yeah. Yikes. No wonder it failed. He <laughs> sucks. Like, that's the energy that she gets. Exactly. Right? Like, ugh. Gah. Um, t- then uh, Jocasta says something about how Claire actually has... Uh, she's always wanted to meet royalty, but she never has. But Claire has actually had that honor. And first, um, Claire says, well, I wouldn't consider Culloden an honor. Um, and then she says, Versailles, on the other hand. And then we get a just awful flashback of her in Louis's bedroom, closing her eyes and thinking of England, which remains maybe the single best line of dialogue from the entire show. But... Uh, the funniness of that line does not diminish the horror of the scene. So um, mm. she gets a little, she has a little, like a little flash. I mean, she, it's PTSD. She has like a flash and you can see Katrina does such a good job. You can see that she's trying really hard to not panic. It's like pushing it all down. Um, but and it's, this, oh. it sounds like this too is like, uh, it's that moment is honoring the, complete and utter like disassociation she had during her kidnapping and uh in the last season right i feel like it's the when we originally saw the versailles scene in the show it obviously it was sexual assault yeah we know this but it was it was played in a way where it was like claire saying i closed my eyes and thought of england which was kind of a little bit funny but like uh, still fucked up yeah this flashback is very brief and kind of brutal Yeah, yeah. Not it's interesting to look at that scene as sort of originally being shot the way that Claire saw it then, um, because in and this is true in the book too. It's horrifying to her, and she has these really awful memories of it. But it's all like tactile, and it's like a gross thing that she has to do to mm. free her husband. Right? Like that was the deal. It was it was in exchange for getting Jamie out of prison. Yeah. Um. So it's horrifying, yeah. um, but she clearly sees it as like a distasteful thing that she has to do here, which is why the line is funny, yeah, even yeah, though yeah. the scene is horrifying. Um, here it's not that. Here it's just yeah, and, and it's and, so brief. And what I'm and like and what I feel like I'm picking up though is that it's uh, it's now colored by all the additional trauma. She's oh yeah, had. yeah, yeah. Like she, because she it's built up in a way where it's yeah, like she, she can't, can't hold it down anymore. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. none of it. It's like it's all. It's like that that the Brownsville nightmare yeah, unlocked yeah, yeah. all of this shit that she had yeah. managed to successfully repress exactly. for decades. Yeah. Um, well, but now it's episode, all back. That's mm-hmm. a horrifying scene, but also continues to be. A little bit of everything. And in this I want to remind episode. you, this is mm-hmm. the same scene where it starts with them all getting high together. Like the turns, yeah. the twists. It, it's a, it, the fact that it manages to be as affecting as it is, and also all this crazy shit happens, is really, it's really something else. And Did then you? we have to go back to the speech. Hold on. I have to do this part because it's germane to what we were just saying. Mm-hmm. She bags up the weed. Let's them go ahead of her. And what do you think oh, she does? Because she says, I'm going to bag up some of this. I'm going to get you an ounce. <laughs> yeah, she really does. She's yeah. like, I'm going to hold for you. <laughs> and I'll see you at the party. Yeah, you go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and bag up your stash. We're going to find um, a can of Pepsi that isn't really a can of Pepsi. You twist the lid <laughs> off and you put and the hemp in the flower face. inside. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be she great. Does or call like it a cannabis false. flower, uh, maybe like a book with a hollowed out middle. Hell yeah, yeah. Maybe she's going to Maria full of grace it. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Did you you said the name of the director of this episode, right? Uh, it is the um, it's the same woman as last week. Hold mm. on. I have her name right here. It's Chris, uh, Christiana Ebohan uh, Green. Green, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also we may as well do the writer uh, Barbara Stepanski. Yeah, um, right, Barbara. I see job, you, Barbara. Barbara and Christy Christiana, just killing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So they go back to oh, the um, party, right? I interrupted you. They leave. Oh, yeah. She's setting up the ounce. What do you think she does then? With the ounce? No, no. she's all by herself with her medical bag, like getting shit done. Chilling oh, in the pot shit. gazebo. She uh, probably has a little bit of, a little snifter of ether. Yeah, she does. Fucking shit. Yeah. Damn it. And so. She's, she's taking that on the road l- now? And now yeah. she's doing a little bit yeah, of ether on the road? she's taking it fucking- on the damn road. Fucking she hey. She puts just a little tiny drop on a handkerchief and then goes to a chair and they don't show it, which I think is pretty genius. We don't have mm-hmm. to see it. We know exactly what's going to happen. It's yeah. actually more unsettling. And then this is an edit that. I'm Where's the editor on this? Have... I was looking up the editor. Um, 601 and 606. Editor 605. Mickey Blythe. Mickey Blythe um, mm-hmm. takes us. From Claire walking in the direction of a chair with her ether handkerchief, directly to her walking into the middle of Flora McDonald's speech. And it is such a smart cut because that's just, she was just out, right? It was like we had the ether along with her. She was just out. It's like those moments don't exist. It's just this little jump ahead in time and we miss everything prior to when she wakes up really smart she walks up to jamie and jamie says where were you and she says oh i just needed a bit of a rest and i went oh no good not that kind of rest not that kind of rest claire take a nap (laughs) (laughs) it's really oh it's heartbreaking but flora is giving this speech about peace and unity and it's very convincing which is bad She's a royalist. She's trying to drum up support for those coats. So why do do we get a sense of why she's um, become a turncoat, as it were? I've got to say it's the money. Oh, see, I think it's pe- I think it's peace. No more wars for them. So she's they're just not like, going to fight right. the crown again. They already did this, and it right. went really badly. And a lot of them were imprisoned, and a lot of them were indentured. People lost their lives and their dignity, and people starved, and people died, and like, terrible things happened. Nothing yeah. good came out of Culloden, apparently, except for one folk song later used as a theme song for a television show. <laughs> so, it, like, it's not good. It's not good. It's not good. And BPD sucked anyway. So, like, what are we really fighting for? Let's just live our lives. It, she doesn't say it that way, but that to mm. me is the energy that I got. Subtext. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, but it's bad, it's bad news because these, they're all, this is the context in which Claire's saying, if only they knew what was coming, Mm. makes sense. Uh, because these are people who should in theory be exactly the sorts of people that would, uh, that would, um, sympathize with and want to support American rebels, right? Who would want to fight for independence, but um, experience has taught them that maybe that's a shitty idea. And what they don't know is not what's happening. It's that they don't know that they're going to win. Right. Which is understandable. I would not have thought that they were going to win. Oh, yeah. If I live then? If I live then? 
No way. No, no. I mean, I would really like to think that I would be on the right side of things. Um, and I mean, who knows when you're, except for when you're in that time, but man, if I had already rebelled against my government and lost everything, it would be really. And had really... to move an ocean away from my home where I was born and raised. And yeah. then this shit is coming back to me all the way over here. Why is it coming here? Go away. Yeah. yeah kind of like yeah. that. It's, yeah, um, yeah. it's the show is letting it be complicated in a way that I really yeah. appreciate. Yeah, totally. It's not loyalists bad, rebels good at all. Speaking of, uh, now Lord John takes this moment to get a one-on-one in with old James Frazier. And he's talking to him about his resignation as Indian agent and trying to kind of figure out what Jamie's playing at. And, uh, Jamie kind of at, kind of dares him a little bit. He's like, what do you think? He has a little moment with him where Lord John is like, I know you're messy. I know it's, I know, I know you're on the rebel side. Like, it's kind of like that. Well, except for then Jamie says, no, I'm not. Mm-hmm. And Lord John is like, great. What a relief. Oh. Jamie lies to his face. Yeah. Oh, and it's Jamie is torn up about it. Mm-hmm. And you can sort again, David Berry. So good. You can sort of mm-hmm. see that he's like, oh, okay, great. Great. If you say so, you don't, you don't lie. I know you're not a liar. So uh, great. That means that you're not. Okay, cool. And then Mary, um, one of the enslaved people on Jocasta's estate, who I think we've met before. We definitely met her at the beginning of this episode because she's traveling with Jocasta. Right. But I mean, I previously in in, in like season four, I think it's um, the, it's the episode with the Do big, no crazy river run. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. The yes, river run thank party. You. Um, yeah, yeah. She's very good in this episode, that actress. What's her mm-hmm. name? Her name is Mercy O-J-E-L-A-D-E. Oh, O-J-E-L-A-D-E. Great job, Mercy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. She's very good. Uh, she runs in and says, uh, Lord John, I'm so sorry to interrupt this conference with your one true love, but um, <laughs> something is happening in town. So they go running off. And speaking of it being more complicated, uh, a bunch of uh, Sons of Liberty are attempting to break into a printer to tar and feather the printer because he printed the flyers for the Flora McDonald gathering, um, which Mary is aware of because she brought the flyer to him because Jocasta paid for it. And that's how Jamie finds out that Jocasta paid for the entire event. But first, they have to stop the Sons of Liberty from tarring and feathering a man and for Jamie doing his gets, job. For, for, for doing his job. Um, just yeah. the print guy. Just the printmaker. That guy. I, I, I'm just the printer. I'm just yeah. the printer. Um, they paid me to do this. And then what? Jamie gets whacked with a broom that has tar on it. And oh, gets, my God. Right here? I was like, I will murder whoever that was. Oh don't my get God. that close to his face. Don't that don't is, you dare get that close to that face. That's Hickey no. Land. That's Hickey Land. It, is, it was kind of Hickey Land. It was right yeah. there under his ear. Don't fucking tar up Hickey like, Land, man. Don't. So then there... We, Fuck with that. We... um. Later cut to Claire and Jamie alone, and Claire is treating the wound, right? Hickey land, yeah. And they're talking mm-hmm. about um, how bad it was. Oh, we also see one of the people that Jamie met earlier um, in his, maybe I want to be a son of liberty meeting, seeing him stop the rebels. Um, so, well, bad news bears. What side? What side? Again, what Jamie. side? Mm. Um, uh, 
so Claire is treating his wound and we see the tar there um, and they're having a, a conversation about how hard it's going to be and Joe Casta and blah, 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 blah. And then Claire says, almost all better. And then she leans down and sucks the tar off of his neck with her lips. And, um, then we, unfortunately, then they cut the sex scene again. Like we're not going to get the tar sex scene. That's a famous scene in the books. Is there, is, is, is there a sex scene in this episode? Well, no, cause we cut away from it. We cut away after Claire so, sucks the tar off of his neck with her lips a, that we cut away from the scene where they have sex with the tar. I, I, there is, there was a, an intimacy coordinator on this episode, Vanessa coffee. So it sounds like she might be as like the season long and intimacy coordinators are all the rage now as well. They should be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, okay. At this point, I feel like I just, I feel like I can't allow this to stand. Jan- <laughs> of course she doesn't suck the tar off his neck, Janine. <laughs> yep. That was, that was the lie. Yeah. I, I mean, it did sound ridiculous to me, but, <laughs> but you've heard but we other are, ridiculous things because we, we already saw Stephen Bonnet's bollocks in a jar above the fireplace. And he saw Claire and Jocasta go out and get high. And like, when I was listening to like sucking the tar of his neck, I was like, that doesn't really make sense. Like, how was the tar in his neck? And then also like, what does that do to her teeth? Like her teeth are fucked and she would know better. These are good but, like, questions. Whatever. Yeah. Like if it's, if it's no, a she sexy is, tar she scene, does treat him though. She does they, clean him up. They get sticky with some tar. Hey, yo, hey, yo. <laughs> what? I don't know. I, I've, I've been hitting the board. No bullseyes, but I keep hitting the board no matter what I do. So I just You're thought just I'd gonna keep trying. fucking throw it. Funk. <laughs> oh, I fucking hit the back wall. Funk. My bad. <laughs> Guess who saved Jamie, making it look even worse? Uh, Mayor uh, McCheese. <laughs> <laughs> Major McDonald, the yeah. red coat that's been up on the ridge. You know what I'm <laughs> He yeah. saved, he's the guy that comes and saves him from the tar and feathering gang. So oh, now fucking... he really looks like he's on. Which he the was red also doing side. side by side with Lord John, right? So like, there he's he's with someone from the peerage, and then there's this, mm-hmm. and then it's bad. It's bad news for old for old James Fraser. Plus yeah. tar on his beautiful neck. How dare? How dare How they? Very dare. Fuck uh, up. Speaking Hickey of land. bad news, let's go back to the ridge, and we've got. <laughs> What happened to the windows? Fucking Tom Christie and Alvin Christie. Is it Alvin or Alan? I'm sorry. Alan. Alan Christie and Roger McKenzie rolling the new bell up the hill to the church. And we're introduced, very heavy. To, we're introduced to the scene by Tom Christie's. God, he's just yeah. he's just such that's a buzzkill. Like they're, they're pushing this bell up the hill and he takes the time to say, Ask not for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. And you're like, come on. And and then doesn't Roger kind of say something snarky to him about it? Well, no, he says, oh, hopefully it'll also be tolling for weddings and christenings and all sorts of happy things. And then his <laughs> kid is like, yeah, but he's but he's allergic to happiness. I'm paraphrasing, but that's the gist. That's that is what Alan <laughs> says. My dad doesn't like happiness. Uh, and and, da- and dad responds kind of like this. Harumph. <laughs> <laughs> we get our harumph. Yeah. And then he, uh, Tom Christie is like, Roger, can you run up into the church and get some more rope or we need to connect to the pulley to get it up into the steeple, right? And so Roger goes up to the church and opens the door. Janine, what's happening on the altar? Uh, 
a little bit of um, uh, finger fire. Yes. Ooh, That's what? correct. You're right. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> Who's getting blasted? Who's getting uh, blasted? I'm going to guess Lizzie. No. She's got malaria, bro. I don't know. She's got the shakes. That's an extra kind of fun situation. One more maybe. guess. Um, oh, no. Malva? Yes. Ding, ding, ding. <gasps> oh, Malva. With whom? Some dude from the fucking Fisher people, Mr. Anderson. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was like, Henderson. Mr. Anderson. I think it's <laughs> Henderson. Henderson? Henderson? I think it's Henderson because his name comes up again a couple scenes from now. Okay. Henderson. Between Roger and Brianna. Okay. Odiba, uh, uh, Obadiah Henderson. Yes. 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 So he was making out maybe more with Malva on the uh there's a altar. lot of um fun on the but like on the floor they're not like yeah yeah they're not up against anything they're she's, like she, behind he, the lectern a it's little not bit. like he's got her pushed up against a crucifix or some shit it's not like that no. they're on the floor but still it's a church it, it is what's happening up there um and there's a lot of that's clothes what, fumbling that, so there was definitely her, some yeah, disrobing and, in process and that's where her dad likes to hang out that seems like a dangerous dangerous choice oh does it oh does it um, so Roger oh, comes in no. and says, um, it's not even noon. He actually does have like really big, it's not even noon energy. He um, doesn't really say that, but he does say that. It's very, it's, it's very that. So he says, um, uh, Mr. Anderson, Miss Christie, what, look where you are. And they're like, oh, no, it's uh, no big deal. Sorry, man. And he says, Miss Christie, your father and brother are outside right now. And she gets this look on her face. This actress is good. She's Jessica Reynolds. Jessica Reynolds. She is good. She um sort of like runs up to him, but like crouched over. It's very intense. And says, if you tell my father and brother about, th- I'm not even going to attempt the accent right now because it's too real. If you tell my father and brother about this, I'm going to tell everyone I saw you kissing Amy McCallum. <laughs> shit and and roger says i've done no such thing she says yes but everyone knows you spend more time with the widow than you do with your own wife and child they'll believe me yeah they'll <gasps> believe me Malva just got fucking scary she just went straight arthur miller on his ass holy very, shit it's the crucible now it, totally it was very i saw goody proctor speaking with the devil Oh, yes. wow. She's just like, ooh, laser focused. And he just goes, oh, God. Uh, I oh, mean, you're scary. She, okay. Come on, Obadiah. Let's take the rope outside you're gonna help and get me away from her. She's going to go out the back door. Uh, um, Like that. But you know what? I think that ultimately Malva might have done old Roger a favor. Yeah. She gave him a heads up on um, like what's going on. Did we already we already skipped yes, we skipped the scene where Roger where Brianna tells Roger um about what people are talking about, didn't we? Yeah. No. Yeah. You didn't tell me about that part, yeah. Oh, did we? Yeah, yeah. probably. So there's a scene in between somewhere before this where it's Brianna uh, and Roger and they're talking about one thing and another. And um Oh, about the song, maybe? You're serenading her? Um No, it's it's almost there. Because this is when she tells him about 
No. Oh, no. Th- no. Two no, separate scenes. Right. Right. So they have like kind of a spat where Roger says, listen, I'm not, it's, there's nothing going on. And Brianna says, no, I, I know there's nothing going on. The point is not there's nothing going on. The point is that she's never going to find someone if you're already the man of the house. And that's like right. pretty close to exactly what she says. He says, mm. I'm her minister and I'm just doing what we promised to do. And she says, oh, that's not, you, you need to be here with us. We need you. She needs a husband, and you're already taken. Um, and Roger says, "Well, do you really need me? Because you're bringing un- indoor plumbing to the ridge." Yeah, Luckily, like, you're so capable. And he's I'm like, not, a, but he's not a dick about it. You can tell he means it as praise. Mm-hmm. Could be way worse. Um, and one of the things that I appreciate about the writing of this episode is that at no point does it seem even a little bit that Brianna is worried about Roger no. having an affair. Yeah. It's not at never all. that she's not jealous. It's um it's that he's uh overcorrected. <laughs> Needs to like get his life back in alignment and she just doesn't understand how he doesn't see that. Yeah. Um which is why I say that maybe Malva did him a favor because the look on his face he's like, "Oh fuck." Okay. So you would say that despite this whole ridge, knowing that I'm a good person and that I love my wife. But if you said that, people would believe you. Maybe I need to get my shit together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, she, she did him a little bit of a favor. Okay. Um, and then after the crucible scene is when he goes back and the, the widow cooks him like a fish meal and he sits down and he's like, this is the end. I can't. Yeah. Right. He so this is what up, happens right after he walks up and says, you know, I just, I'm going to, I'm just going to stay. Aiden has caught a fish. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay out here and work on the hearth so I can go home. And, uh, Amy says, Oh no, please. Would you come on? I made dinner. Come on in. And Aiden's all excited. Come on in. Come on in. So he's like, okay, fine. And he walks in and it's not that oh she's made dinner and they're about to have a plate. It's like a spread. Oh, um, like really nicely laid out. And then she walks up and she pulls out the chair that's at the head of the table. Oh, she's like have a seat. And Roger sits down and, and Richard like, Rankin Ooh. is really very good in the scene. And it's a little bit just a, the, just the right amount of funny. You can see you can see him saying to quote she a one great right. sitcom. I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> um, <laughs> like it's just you can see him go. Oh, oh this oh. is what she meant. Right. <laughs> this is she's right. This My is fucked up. Right. Yeah. Okay, I gotta go. So he so he departs. Um, With no meal. Oh no, I mean, he ate. He <laughs> I'm ate. sure he ate. I know he did because that food looked too good. It really yeah, did look say, very like good. And it, you yeah, know, every house there. is like 17 miles apart. It's a walk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got to go someplace. He took some provisions. I don't know. Yeah, she yeah. wrapped up some leftovers. I don't yeah. know when we're gonna see her again. But my guess is she comes back. Right. Uh, Amy, Amy McCallum is a regular character. You will see a lot of her. Okay. She lives on the ridge. Mm-hmm. And she's a nice person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. She's grieving and sad and needs yes. help with her son. You have That's no... The there is people out there. If you are so used to sexist storytelling that you find yourself thinking that Amy McCallum, she's suspicious. I want to assure you um, this show is doing a better job than that. That is not the vibe. Yeah. No. At all. I don't feel that with this one at all. I do feel like the misdirect with Malva, though, was well done because that's going to kind of be what it is now, right? For Malva now? Oh, you're all like, no spoilers. I've read the books. I'm not saying shit. Okay. 
Um, so then we we see that Jamie figures out that Jocasta paid for those flyers, and he is very mad because he got tar on his neck. <laughs> and and his son is now a printer, printing Fergus. presumably right. things that Jocasta lo- wants him to print. Of a loyalist mm-hmm. nature. Yes, exactly. Yes. Or even of a rebel nature. Um, Either way, that's some shitty, that's scary. I'm realizing mm-hmm. in this moment that we did skip a little thing that I want to mention because it was so good. There's a moment where Jocasta's talking to Claire after they've gotten baked. And she says um, something like, uh, you know, I've had four husbands, uh, but it wasn't until Myrta that I really felt something. So I'm content because I can remember his face from when we were young. Yes, you're right in the feels. Maria Doyle yeah, Kennedy. She, Here's she's you, so bitch. good, dude. She's, so, she's good. so fucking good. And you can, there's a line that Mary has after Jamie and she and Jamie have that little confrontation. Um, Mary comes up and says, you know, your auntie hasn't been the same since Myrta died. She, I find her dozing in a chair by the fire, muttering about blood money and French gold. French gold. She mentioned it. She said it. And and you can see Jamie go, Oop. go, what? <laughs> Buh. Buh. Mm. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> this is it. Add that to the list of shit I got to worry about. <laughs> Great, because I didn't have enough. Um, yeah. Is a bit, it's bad. So there's tension. We leave some tension with the uh, um, river run between the river run and the ridge. A little, mm-hmm. a little wrinkle. Mm-hmm. We go back to the ridge. Bree and Roger meet after he's like, you were right. I, sorry. And she's like, good, because I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> it's much sweeter. Than it's that. a, and it's, it's, it's a nice, nice draw. They're also the costuming. Really good job. Because that, I clocked. She's wearing that gray vest. Oh my God, I love that vest. Beautiful. But also, I clocked in an earlier scene that she um, had like a little, like slightly more bulge in the skirt. And I was like, just a little bumpish. I was like, ooh, is is Brianna Brianna pregnant already? Nice. Um, So Roger says, you were right. And you know, you never had to worry about me. She goes, oh, I know. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> exactly like that. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, this didn't. Like, okay, okay. And they smile at each other. It's very sweet. And he says, I just want to be with you and Jam. Oh, also, we get the shot of Jamie with the plane. So Jamie is running airplane in. that she carved for him. And yeah, going, yeah. vroom, vroom, vroom. Which is a book nod because in the book, it's not an airplane. It's a car. And they call the car a vroom because they can't call it a car because cars don't exist. So it's a vroom. Um, and here he's going vroom, vroom with the plane. He runs into the woods. And then they're both like, he's probably fine. And yeah. then um, <laughs> like have their nice chat. And he says, I just want to spend time with you and Jem, just the three of us. And she says, well, the four of us. And then Richard Rankin, bless him. He just makes Roger so happy, like elated, elated. It was lovely. They smooch. Awesome. Also, Brianna's wig looking choice. Nice. Yes, Claire's is. hair is great in this episode too. Really good. Yeah. They found a good balance with the like um, natural-ish curls that they've also obviously helped along, but not so much that it seems unrealistic. Mm. Yes, good, good I wigs. agree with that. Um, I did think to myself that this would be a particularly bad time in history to get pregnant. Oh yeah. Like, oof. it's gonna be fraud. I just have bad bad feelings about it. On All right, the other um, hand, um, 
the best doctor in the world <laughs> lives right next door. It's her Shit. mom. She's right you there. You know what? You're right. I feel better already. That's, I, that's, it's still, it's still risky. See, I feel better already, but now I'm going to feel way worse because here's Melva walking through the woods. Why is she alone? We don't know. There's this weird hut. That's like made out of animal pelt. Yeah, you know what kind of hut it is, Julie? Oh, God. What kind of hut is it, Julie? It's a doom hut. It's a doom hut. It's a doom hut? Because inside are dead people that she's cutting fingers off of. Oh, deuce. (laughs) What? (laughs) Good callback! Holy fuck. You want to know the best part? That's not made up. That's real. That, we didn't make that one up. That's real. She, it, oh God, Jessica Reynolds does such a good job. There's, she's sitting there. First of all, she is um, uncannily unaffected by both the the dead bodies uh, and the like, the flies and presumably the stench. She's just kind of sitting there, like, like, like she's come to visit an invalid relative who's taking a nap right now. That's oh, the energy. Wow. She's just sitting. Yes. There. And then Mouth she takes out her pocket knife. And you can see she sells every she likes it. tendon. She's just like, like she's deboning a chicken. Like, she's really getting in there, but she's not repulsed. She's not like, at we're all. determined. Where are these corpses yeah. coming from? What the fuck? Who knows? TBD, my Plan? man. <laughs> no idea. They were, they're Good long old days? dead. They're yeah. long, long, long dead. They're like turning gray. Yeah. Um, in the process of decomposing. But the other thing that's important is we see the hand before she starts cutting and it has one and a half fingers. So she's already done this. Because she's already taken two and a half. These are gone and half of this is gone. Yeah, she's she's been lighting love potion fires. But for who? What That's was the name scary. of the spell again? Wait, what was the name of the charm again? I think again? it was Venom, Venom and Wind. Yeah, Venom on the Wind, it's Venom like in the Wind. Gossip. It's like gossip, oh. right? Being able to create some kind of deadly thing that stops somebody from fucking with your plans. Just going to say. The, what the fuck? Yeah, it's... Um, so, Janine, that's some real witch shit. That's Damn. <laughs> Y'all, it's... um. You know what, Janine? We're recording, we're recording remotely, dear listener, this week, but... Next week on Palm Sunday, <laughs> we're going to record oh. in person. And Janine, I'm, we're going to make you watch this finger scene. You got to see it. Just okay. this scene. Just, Just this so you okay. can see Jessica Reynolds' like affect. I take it back. It's very intense. You're going to watch two scenes. You're going to watch this, the finger scene. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then we're, we're, you're just going to watch Bonnet Prince Douchebag say, that's a fair point. Yeah. Or whatever it is he says. You got to see him in the bot. You got to see the made face. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Into it. You know, Andrew Gower, way to be a good sport. One scene, yeah. and it's ridiculous. I don't think I've actually ever seen a scene that he's been in. You've never seen a Prince Bonnie, du- Bonnie Prince douchebag scene? I don't think so. Hmm. Really? That, I mean, I'm not surprised by that, because that, yeah. was that was earlier season one. on, right? Season, season two. One. A lot season of two. season two. But, but season two was really our season one, later. and so we weren't, re- I didn't oh, even have a mic. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Man. true. That's true. Yeah. Okay, well, then you'll get to see it. In cool. all its glory. So now that Brianna has told Roger, it's time for her to not tell anyone, right? Because Brianna, notoriously good at keeping secrets. It's, that's wrong. She's yeah, bad. That, that's a lie. No. She's bad. That's, she might as well be sucking tar out of a neck. 
we we missed we missed the whole pool game. Great pool. Yes, sorry, please. So Jamie goes so, to his meeting. We mm. see we see fucking Malva take a dead man's finger, and you are recovering from that shock. Blah! When uh, there's a scene between Jamie and Lord John here, the only reason I remember that is because Jamie's wearing a hat that I don't necessarily care for on him. Anyway, Patty. Um, but he says, I'm going to this rebel meeting, so deuces. And he goes to meet, what's his name? Though. Yeah, he is really, it's uh, Lord John, you can see his heart just break. And Jamie yeah. says, um, why don't you come with me and you can at least hear their ideas and what they're about. Because the, essentially this is a scene where these two BFFs, one of whom is okay, kind of in love with the other, are both doing what they think they need to do to save the other person's life. Because Lord John is saying, if you are a rebel, they are going to lose and you are going to die. You will either be killed or be executed. Whereas Jamie is like, why don't you come and listen to them? Because I can't say, hey, just you know. Shouldn't they just tell Lord John at this point? I mean, he's already keeping... Not he's the opposite of Brianna. He's keeping nine million secrets. Yeah. You know what? That is a lockbox. He is really yeah. he no secrets. Ten toes down. And there's no way that that man honestly believes that he would never believe that Claire is a witch. No. No. Because he's because he's in he's intelligent. He he gets it. But alas, that is not what we get. So um, they're both trying to save each other's lives, and at a certain point, Jamie is like, "Okay, listen, if you're not going to come with me, can you just?" The meeting, Keep a they, secret. he knows He knows where the meeting yes. is happening. Lord John yeah. knows where the meeting is happening. And Jamie's like, okay, can you just, I'm going to be there. Can you just like get, buy me some time? And David Barry, God, oh, he's so good. It's like, okay, that's a lot. That's a big favor, Jamie. You're asking a really big favor. Not like asking uh, one of your two dads to not exist for a night so that you can bring <laughs> home the girl that you want to marry whose dad is a conservative. We, we saw La Caja fall last night. Yeah, we saw La Caja fall last night oh, and, I, and I watched so. The Birdcage. Anyway, Gene <laughs> yeah. Hackman, it's fine. Um, but it's a big favor. And Jamie's like, yeah, I know. Peace. Yeah, deuces, will you do it? See ya. <laughs> like and a- Lord John's back there going, God damn it, yes, I will. Yes, I will. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Lord John. <laughs> and and then I said, "Thank you for everything, Queen Face, because you're so fucking good." He's so good. And then Jamie goes into this other meeting room. I can't really tell where it is, but it's separate from the hotel or wherever else he's been. And mm. it's the guy with his friend, who's the one that was at the printer's shop, like trying to tar and feather him. That suspicious guy from the beginning. And Jamie is like, "What the fuck?" And then Jamie has a an amazing speech. Oh yeah, because he what what they he walks into the meet a meeting already in progress, and they're like, "You're not welcome here anymore." He's like, "Why?" He said, "Well, because you were defending that Tory scum." And then, good job, Sam delivers this speech. It's like, "Oh, okay, so freedom is only valuable to you when it's stuff you like to hear." Right? Is that what you're telling me? Is common decency not a thing? And they're all like, oh, common decency. <laughs> but he really, it's, the library is open. Oh, yeah, it is. He's even got repetition. He's like, is it liberty if I do, 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 do? Is it liberty if I do, 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 do? And these guys are like all immediately bathed in the glow and shower of Jamie's leadership. Yeah, like, you can see them all go, just, oh. 
Okay. You know what he is? A leader of men. A leader of men. And leader. then all of a sudden he goes, dude, there are British soldiers no, coming right now. No, 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 no. Right That's not what it is. The, the main guy says, how do we know we can trust you? And Jamie says, because I'm here to warn you that the redcoats are coming. And then, n- no joke, three seconds later, boots, 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 boots. Mm-hmm. And they all go, Boing. what the fuck? And Jamie's like, run out the back. You stay here. And then he starts pulling out all the like snooker materials because there's a pool table there and they get it all set up real quick. And then the fucking redcoats come in and Jamie's like leaning against the table like, what's up? Yes. <laughs> I'm just a guest at the end. Play. What can I do for you, officer? <laughs> the line reading when he said, care to join us, was the funniest thing Sam Hewen has ever done. I, it made me laugh out loud. Like I was like, "Good fucking a." It was good. Just the whole like, you leave, you do this, you do this. What's up? <laughs> yeah, just like so fucking funny. Hey, what's going on? We're just we're just playing pool. And then one of them is does something with the snooker game, and he just kind of looks down and is like, "Huh, look at that. Look what you did." <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's great. And then we go back to the ridge, and it's Brie and Marsley. And I love these scenes. Yes. I really like Lauren Lyle and Sophie Skelton together. I they do work too. well together. I, the relationship is very convincing. Mm-hmm. I think Lauren Lyle is really good at that in general. I think I believe every relationship she that Marsley has had on the show. Like I believe the transformation. Like I believe her progression with Claire. That and which that's a really when she says that you killed my or you hurt my ma. Oh, in the last season. It's very, very good. Um, and here, you know, it's not like we've seen a ton of scenes between these two, but it, they keep talking about, like, I thought it's her line delivery is so good. They're talking about whatever they're doing, blah, 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 chatter, chatter. Um, and then uh, Brianna is standing over Henri Christian's bassinet. I'm like, hi. And the baby's Looking making cute ass baby. Very cute noises. She's like, oh, oh so cute. cute. And then it cuts to Marsley, who's looking over at Brie, and it cuts back to Brie, but from Marsley's POV. Um, and she's like patting Henri Christian, but she's got one hand on her midsection and obviously doesn't realize it. And Lauren Lyle is like, uh, bitch, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> so she says, I thought we were sisters. No. And Brianna says, Yeah, we are. She says, Well, um, what do you hear all those kids out there? <laughs> Do you hear all those kids out there? And Brianna's like, uh, yeah. She says, did you really think I wasn't going to be able to tell if you were knocked up? Yeah. <laughs> Brianna's like, oh, you got me. <laughs> You're right, I am. Please don't tell anyone yet. I need to tell my mom when she gets back. Okay, oh, I And then they her. have this really lovely little exchange where Marsley says she would never take the opportunity of seeing Claire be surprised by good news from Brianna because it's such a joyful thing. It's a really nice little moment. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote Lauren Lyle and Sophie Skelton for life. Yeah. Very good together. Very good. And then we flash back to North Carolina and Jamie is tightening up all the shit in the back of the wagon. They're about to fucking hit, hit the rocks. (laughs) We're out of here. And Claire is in the wagon. She's not looking so great. And you can tell she's very distracted and Jamie gets in the wagon and they're about to head out when all of a sudden you hear a whistle and it's what's the name of that song? I think it's dun, dun, Colonel dun, dun, Bogey's dun, dun, March. Dun, dun, yeah. Dun, dun. You know that yeah. whistle? Okay. Yeah. And Claire hears it and is like, because that's from the fucking future, right? Yes. Yeah. So I checked. Um, the melody was composed in 1917, but it became popular in the 50s and 60s. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but still, future shit. Yeah. Future and shit. She heard this whistle, but then it's so it's so well done because we're left with this kind of like floaty feeling of did she really hear it or was that an auditory hallucination? Because we've already seen her have a couple yeah. of hallucinations with the ether, yeah. so it's kind of like this: was she just confused? Was it whatever? And so you see her be a little bit shaken by it, and then they ride away, and then. There's Camera a really good moment, though, real quick. Sam mm-hmm. Huon, I think, is doing a really nice job of making it clear that a little bit like it's a little bit like what David Barry is doing, honestly, where you can see the kind of the little layers of it. You can see that he is worried about Claire, but also that he believes if there was a problem, she would tell him. Mm. And also that she is not because she is not telling him, there's no point in addressing it, sort of. Like it's all mm. you can see him go like, you all right? She says, yeah, it's just the wind, something. And he goes, okay. And then just off they go because he's not going to press, but you can tell that he knows that something is wrong. She's not very 100%. Cool. Everybody can tell. Um, mm. It's really like, it's a very good little piece of acting. Uh, but then we go mm-hmm. to a prison. And we hear, we see this guy from the back, long kind of curly hair. And he's whistling that to himself, and then the camera does a close-up on a dirty palm holding a single emerald. So remember when uh, Flora McDonald showed up and her necklace had been stolen and one emerald was missing? Yeah. So this guy in the prison has the emerald. I'm going to say it was probably up his poop shooter in a tooth socket, something. That's how he got (laughs) it past everybody, right? Yeah. And what do we know that requires jewels? Dick rocks. Yes, ding sir. ding. And uh, he's whistling that song from 1917, which is when I would like to remind you uh, that that Claire encountered someone during her traumatic experience mm-hmm. at the end of last season, mm-hmm. who um, was also from the future and communicated to her that he was from the future by whistling the it's the Beatles in the book. I don't remember whether or not it's the Beatles in the show. Oh, no, he says, is your name Ringo Ringo Starr? Yeah. Ringo Starr. Um, Anyway, I'm, I couldn't, I could not confirm who that is because they also, he starts to turn around and they cut away. Of course. Um, So we very specifically have not seen the actor's face, but that would be my guess is that it's that character. Wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Jesus. Yeah. Wow, what a fucking ride. It was Told a ride, you. dude. Told you. So much happened in this episode. And it it's so interesting because it feels like these plot lines should be way more disparate than they were last week, but somehow this episode felt way more cohesive. Well, because it's all tied to, I mean, there's the season theme of not actually being able to leave the past behind, right? And mm. then there's this through line in this episode of freedom and choices, Choices. Um, and appearance versus reality. Um, and why sometimes, even though it shouldn't, rea- appearance does matter um, in the case of Roger and Amy McCallum, right? Like, he's not having an affair, but it matters that people think he could be because it's an indication that something isn't right. Oh, also, Richard Rankin, we skipped this, but has a really good little tiny speech about how he has a weakness for young mothers. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because his mother died yeah. when he was so young. But and- it oh, yeah, yeah. ties back to, um, oh, Morag McKenzie when he got his ass beat. And almost, that was also a young mother being sympathetic to a young mother. Like, That's man, right. he's really. And frankly, 
Claire, he he's very sympathetic to Claire, who is not a young mother, but who is a single mother when they meet. You know, wants to get her back to Jamie and whatnot. It's um, it's good little speech. Anyway, uh, it's a lot, dude. Yeah. If you had told me that in one single episode I would see not only testicles floating in formaldehyde, Claire and Jocasta blazing up together. And somebody cutting somebody's finger off, I would have been like, it can only be Outlander. <laughs> and that's without the exiled prince of Scotland. In the bonnet. In a oh. bonnet on the Mark beach. Me. Mark me. You look me. great. Mm. <laughs> Mark me. It was a lot, but it was entertaining. I was entertained. I was entertained. It, uh... It, yeah, it all tied together really thematically. It was really, it was paced really well. Like mm-hmm. lots of ups and downs. Like at no point did it drag. No. Um, but it also didn't feel overstuffed or contrived. Um, mm. There are lots of little good tiny nuggets for book readers, um, which maybe at, at least do. two on the mantle. True. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was that was good. Julie, I mean, there are I days. Gotta make my living somewhere. There are days that I'm proud to know you, and then there are days that I'm proud to know you. That was <laughs> real good. Um, wow, really just slid, yeah. slid in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'll do an in the books, crowdcast or Instagram live or something later this week with a book reader. Um, because there's a lot of in the book stuff. Yeah. But, uh, I just, I just thought this episode was. A hoot is not the right it word. Was, it was fun, though. It was a ride. It ride. was not as um, poetic as some... Like, if you were listing the top-tier Outlander episodes, some of them it would be because they're a hoot. But some of them would be because they're just real... Like, Faith, obviously. Incredibly well-made, very moving, very well-acted, focused, all like all this really good stuff. Um there aren't that many episodes that are like this, where you're like, well, that one was great. In fact, you know, the other one is the print shop episode, is it's not even noon, is the other episode where it's like, so much shit A happens. roller coaster. And it's yes. not, um, none of these events is like a formative event in the book. I cannot believe they resisted the urge to have, <laughs> to, <laughs> to have the granny sit up at her own funeral happen in this episode. They really should have just... Oh my God! If they had gotten that in here, Jesus! They should have somehow, right. somehow, Malva's actually uh, like you know making a finger fire like at, at the funeral somehow. It's like what up? She's Honey. real comfortable on that pulpit. <laughs> okay, uh, let's do let's do some scales. Um, so the costumes. Let's say on a scale of, um, I'm trying to think of uh, projects related to. You know what? How about on a scale of from. The Descent, which is mm. a, a very good movie, but it's not challenging costume-wise. Pretty, pretty straightforward. To Orphan Black, a Maria oh, Doyle shit. Kennedy joint, where there had to be incredibly detailed costumes that all fit Tatiana Maslany. Oh, my um, God. As well as everything else. Where would this fall? Sort of like it w- routine or like incredibly detailed? I think... I have to give this one a little bit higher of a bump because not only do we get to see a lot of the aristocracy as it stands, whatever, the loyalists, the red coats, the ball gowns, the big event, the emerald necklace, like we're seeing a lot of that shit, which we haven't seen a lot because we've been on the ridge. And then we've got part-time in the ridge too. 
Brianna wears. We some also real get cute to see clothes. Bonnie Prince douche in a fucking bonnet. Yes, which is. I'm sorry. The correct costume. answer is Tootsie. Obviously, yes! <laughs> you're right. Because everybody else is in normal clothes, just normally living their lives, and here's Dustin Hoffman in a like red sequin gown, and he doesn't like, even have the excuse of needing to see his children. Yes, that's a, that's a Mrs. Doubtfire reference. He, it's right. just <laughs> it's just that he needs to escape, and he's like, "This is a terrible outfit." <laughs> Did you know a monkey bit me once? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. Okay. Yes. Tootsie is perfect. Great. Uh, let's do the the doing it scale. So, on the low end, we've got a finger bone, and on Ugh. the high end, we've got a finger bone. So, where does it fall <laughs> on that scale? Oh man, I don't know because to me, the bone and scale is usually about titillation, like things that I find interesting. I didn't really feel that way about this episode. I'm going to give it two finger bones. Yeah, at least two knuckles deep. How about that? I give it two knuckles deep. You're giving this one deuces. Yeah, deuces. deuces. That's exactly <laughs> it. Boom. Okay. And the getting a, the getting up to get a beer scale, or I don't to think so. or to grab your pipe. Say, I'll tell you what. There is one point where I would get up get up to grab my pipe, and it is the when second they, that you know that that is what they're doing. You just say pause. Yeah. You go. You go get your vape pen or your edibles or whatever you're doing. You just or I guess a beer, and and you just sit down. And you're like, all right, I'm ready to party with these hoes. Let's do <laughs> these it. These hoes. <laughs> Let's do it. Girls night, bitch. That's great. We got Flora McDonald. It's, we're we're going to shoot the shit. We're going to talk you know shit about Bonnie Prince douchebag because you know what? We don't see enough of Claire talking shit about historical figures because, man, she has seen some shit. Claire should be able to gossip. Claire should have a lot of gossip in her life. She, they should have done more. They should have all just been like, you know what the worst thing about Charles Stewart is? And then they would say 15 things. They should have done that. <laughs> Did you know he Did dated you? a friend of mine once and he was so shitty, even her monkey bit him. That's what Claire should be saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I just put together too? What? Is that Flora McDonald went around back to the gazebo to blaze up with her bitches and then went and gave that stirring speech. Yeah, way to go, Flora. Um, that bitch is in control. Great. Yes. So yeah, no, I, I lighten up a pipe w- with the ladies, but I'm not getting up. I didn't get up. Okay. I didn't leave. Right. So what's the movie where you would most want to make sure that you were prepared to be girls trip? I give it a girls yes. trip. Yes, I like that. I give it a Tiffany Haddish on a zip line peeing <laughs> into a crowd in yes. New Orleans. That's what I give. It. Yes. I yes. Yeah. Bless. Awesome. Um and uh, and who is your who is your platinum pamplemousse for the week? Oh my god, I don't know. Sam Hewen was really really good in this episode, but Lord John showed back up, and Lord John is always the fucking shit. Man, and I Maria don't know. Maria Doyle Kennedy was really good. There was so much going on; it's very hard to pick. You know one what? Person. We can pick different things. I'm gonna I'm, just... I'm gonna say Jessica Reynolds for the fucking finger scene alone. It's really Janine. It is a very good, extremely weird piece of physical acting. It's like okay. you know you know how you watch a cheap Netflix movie and no one ever has anything in their coffee cups. It's the <laughs> yeah. opposite of that. She made mm. me believe that she was cutting through a human finger, <laughs> like really, that she was cutting through a human finger and having a an oddly normal reaction to it. 
Well, it seems like she was like, I mean, she's at the heart of a lot of interesting things that happened in this episode. Like when they first find the fire, when they, when she's getting finger fired and when she's, you know, cutting fingers, like she's, she's, there's a, she's, yeah, I'm, uh, she seems platinum. Yeah. She's my She was, I mean, (sighs) but please give it to Sam. He deserves, I could have gone either way or queen face or Maria Doyle Kennedy. We could have a cornucopia of pamplemousses here. I think, you know what? I think I'm going to give it to Sam. I'm going to give it to Jamie this time just for that fucking liberty speech into the pool game. Yes. I really appreciated that so much. And it was really good physical acting, physical comedy almost, even though it wasn't. It was dramatic. But uh, yeah, Sam, Jamie, great job, bud. Yeah, that was, it was the sharpest, like, comedy bit where it's like i know exactly what to do here this is the exact timing that i'm gonna make this joke sing truly care to join us yeah just like really <laughs> like it was like that care to join us just like really oh truly God, just so killed it funny yeah it was really great okay yeah i say i say sam great um well hey that's gonna do it forgive me liberty uh give me five <laughs> high-fiving a thousand angels <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, you can. I, I think I need listeners to know that we all just gave ourselves high fives. Oh, we did. Alone we did. Remotely. We did. That's that clap we did. sound. Was us each giving Thanks, COVID. Um, <laughs> we uh, would like to thank you for joining us for this extended conversation about Give Me Liberty. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podlandercast. You can find us on Twitter at podlandercast, um, where people have been saying funny things lately. Thank you for all your funny comments. Say more funny comments. I'll, I'll be better about checking it. Twitter's my job, and I'm not good at it anymore. Um, because social media is a scourge. Thumbs y'all. down! It's, it's really <laughs> rough sometimes. Um, but you can also speak of social media. You can find us on Instagram. Our Instagram is incredibly well-maintained by none of us. Um, but we there. We hang out. Uh, at Podlander Presents, Podlander Cast, and Sickburn Jane. You can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podlanderdrunkcast where you can support the show. Um, you can get access to the Slack. Lots of new Slack members recently. That's so cool. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, Thank you. And bonus episodes. We're overdue for a what now. We'll have to do one soon. I know. Um, I know. And, uh, and other fun things, patreon.com slash podlanderdrunkcast. We want to thank all of our patrons who make it possible for us to do this show, but especially the following lovely people. Okay, y'all ready? <coughs> yeah, <coughs> woof. <laughs> Kelly Armstrong, Sydney Taylor, BG, Just Bree, Caspa156, Maddie Perkins, Snazzy Knack, Lisa Brian, Julia Gulia, Kathleen Martini, Lauren Tennant, Kelsey Kemp, Emily Day, Betsy English, Caitlin Reddick, Jen Collins, Ashley Tegas, and Tina Barnett, Nicole Rodriguez, Kristen Frankel, Fury, Laura, Cole, Amelia, Bazell, Liz, and Tinkerbell, Stella Welch, Story Halgan, Claire Fee. Rochelle Luffy for Jerry Hurdle, Emily Carlson, Amy Gustafson, Rochelle Townsend, Rachel Townsend, sorry, Kelly Mazella, Chantel Soldiers, Mary the Falling Statue, Tara Lucchino, Viv Pickles, a.k.a. Laura, Mary of the Great Brew, Jen Wilkowski, Ed Gibson, Ruth McCormick, Karen Marlowe, Trish Crary, Julie, I'm ashamed, Julie DeToit, Jen Lynn, Kelly Bodden, Amanda Newton, and Kiki, the Wise. Um, y'all are the best. Thank you so much. We will be back. Ne- next week there is one next week right yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah aren't we aren't we recording live next week we are recording barring live any, next week barring any weird emergency or anything i mean we're Fuck flexible yeah. but palm sunday at my house bitches palm sunday um and also with you bye <laughs> bye <Boy. laughs>